Welcome back to the Faith Family Freedom Podcast. My name is Sean. Welcome to episode 7. I've been slowing down how I uh, how often I do these podcasts because as I start studying stuff more and more I find more and more stuff to, to look at and research so I've decided that instead of just trying to push stuff out I just want to take my time and work with the knowledge that I have and experience that I have and try to integrate them more into a more quality discussion about what I want to talk about so and also it's been rather busy just doing things the seasons and stuff it's it's been kind of not hectic but just I'd say productive so I'm going to talk about following the laws of the land and biblically how that applies to us and how how in today's world specifically with everything that's going on are we paying attention to this are we applying it to our lives what kind of exceptions are we making things of that nature because I feel like uh, as I got older and grew in my spirituality I feel less and less the urge to rebel against the authority on almost every level of the world I remember um, I remember being younger I remember being in my 20s and I remember going to bars and drinking and then driving home I remember you know doing drugs I remember doing all the things I did as as a non-Christian, I remember all those things and just how they, I wouldn't even think about God or any of those things or how they would apply in my life or how they would consequent my life later. Uh, but they do. And by the grace of God now, I have the knowledge and the will to, to not disobey those things although we do i mean i'm not gonna lie to you i mean we rationalize things in our head on little levels all we can to try to make exceptions for why we're doing things but you know when god steps onto the scene and your heart changes then you decide that i am not going to let those things identify who I am with God because you have to ask yourself what does God want from me does God want to see me become worse or does God want to see me grow into somebody that who can go out into the world and share his life and share his biblical knowledge and and it be from a good point of view and a godly point of view and not from the view of somebody who who just isn't trying to live in the word of God. For that matter, if I were to be the person I was then and try to discuss the stuff now, it would be why am I taking advice from a drunk driving, drug abusing, sexually addicted person? Why, why would I take that kind of advice, right? So here we are today and 
we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about why, why God asks us to do these things. Why this changes you. Why God changes you in a way that um, makes you repel from these things. Um, I was always a firm believer of that one man cannot be wiser or smarter than a million. Therefore, how can he make the best decisions for all of them until God showed up? That view was my main view. It was, it takes many people to decide what's best for the people. But now we step into the word of the God and he specifically defines those outlines for us in Romans 13, 4 through 14. He says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment to themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong... Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for the rulers. Do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of the wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of consequence. This, this is also why you pay taxes for the authorities. The authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you must owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you owe revenue, pay revenue. If respect, then pay respect. If honor, then honor. Love fulfills the law. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of love of one another. For whoever loves one another has fulfilled the law and the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other commandment there are, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not harm, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. The day is near. And this understanding in the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is near now, nearer now than we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here, so let us put aside deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality, debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. That's a whole lot. I, I, I know that's a whole lot to try to rationalize in your brain because when I read this, I'm like, man, this is such, such a double-edged sword because at the same time, Satan puts people in power and place as well. So how do you discern if I'm following a governing law by Satan's command or 
by God's command. And I thought about it and I even talked to my wife about this. We had a pretty good open discussion about this because you have to understand that man is also influenced by the devil. He may not know it, but um, through his perpetual sin or his desires of the flesh, his money, his power, he is now fallen under the rule of Satan. Even though he is put into a place by power, we don't absolutely know for sure where his heart is sometimes. So this commandment in this law in Romans is we have to follow the law of the land until the law of the land commands us to deny our God, do something or do something that's not biblically correct or you know what I'm saying because we have the law to, to abide by so when we follow this law in Romans it doesn't matter who's or what kind of heart he has you follow it to the fullest because that's what God asks us to do and God is looking after us as we follow this law and he's going to go before us when we come to those points where we're following a law that is unjust biblically um you know it's like the whole uh saying that you know what's done in the dark will be brought into the light eventually god shows us the truth of these things through very various ways and so for us we'll look at these things and We'll try to, we'll look at these laws, these mandates, these things that our government puts on us and, or just simply biblical laws. We'll look at those as well and we'll try to divide it up as, is this a big sin? Is this a little sin? Um, where in a majority, we don't commit big sins as much as we commit little sins. Um, you know, murder, rape, um. Whereas these little sins are just kind of sloughed and passed off as, well, it's not hurting anybody. So, you know, I'm just, I should be okay. I think we do that a lot. And in 1 John 1.18, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Therefore, if we're not following all of these laws and we're not um, saying that these laws are true, then we're saying that God is not true. We're saying that that we're going to go ahead and just sin against God. And the way we look at sin and the way God looks at sin is so totally different, whereas there's no gray areas there. It's simply black and white. And no sin is greater than the other. You're either sinning or you're not sinning. And that's just the way it's seen. That's why we really shouldn't rationalize our sin in a way that we find it acceptable. Whereas we should, when we sin, we should see it as a great offense to God because that's what we're doing. We're offending our, our Lord and Savior. We're offending, we're offending our God, our Creator. And so we have to build a frame of mind where if we do sin then we repent for those sins and we go to God and we ask for forgiveness right so 
we also have to look at the accountability for our own sins because when we are sinning and we don't realize it we we won't know until perhaps maybe from the outside somebody sends dude this isn't right you know maybe we need to look at this and and see what it says biblically about what, what you're doing what we're doing before it manifests into something much bigger than we expected causing more damage to ourselves, others and separating us further and further from God but also remember that God does not move away from us in Deuteronomy 31 8 the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you he will never leave you nor forsake you do not be afraid and do not be discouraged that should be like something to really hold on to in your life because how often do you feel like your sin pushes you away from God it pushes you away from reading the Bible going to church um, serving the church because you feel sometimes that you've defeated yourself with sin or you've you've just become distant from God um, you don't feel him working in you anymore or you just don't feel the Holy Spirit you know you don't feel you don't feel the fullness of the Holy Spirit I think that happens to a lot of people and that's probably why a lot of people fall away from going to church and then they fall into a perpetual loop of sin and sometimes that's a, necess a necessity to break you down even more until you do realize that you need to be with God because at that point that's the only thing you have left to pull you out of that I know that that happens um, to me when that's how I came back to God was I had to be broken so badly that I had no other option but to but to turn to God you know it's it's just the way the world works it's the way the world it's the way God works in us I should say I mean the laws of the land are easy for us to rationalize humanly and make our own conveniences for and creating expect exceptions for without recognizing it's a sin at all but God does not want us to be happy rebels against our government he wants us to follow his word being a reflection of his love his grace his mercy so that the entire world can see how God is and how good God is I mean why be that one guy who claims to follow Jesus and incites anger or rebellion amongst others or rebels against God himself by rationalizing that something that's he doesn't agree with by let's say the government or or by uh, a simple uh, law state law or a biblical law why be the person who rebels against that stuff and then causes others to fall in the same thing to create a illogical situation amongst people and then have a group of people being just completely wrongly educated or wrongly informed of what God's law is I mean this is a double-edged sword in my opinion because my own understanding and, and, and instincts want to rebel against 
the evils of the world because I question why would God put evil people in places of power for us to obey and if I'm supposed to follow them there and how far actually should I follow this evil person or somebody that I suspect is of a criminal mind has a, an agenda that does not um, does, does not in the best um, service for the people and we see that all the time in different countries we have uh, dictators we have um, those rebels we have um, genocidal what do you call those guys in Africa that go to other tribes and just wipe them out and that's like the worst of the worst right there you know but what what are you supposed to do with that how are you supposed to look at that and say why why would God allow these people to do that and eventually we will understand that eventually we will see and understand why God does that because God's understanding and remember our understanding is is nowhere parallel we we don't see that we only see the emotional reaction that we have to it because of how it makes us feel and so we're stuck we find ourselves stuck in that thought and that's a very difficult place to be In Galatians it says, But then indeed when you did not know God, you served those by nature, by nature are not gods. And in First John, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So, the devil is running amok in the world and we are kind of not at the mercy, but we have our own Um, we have our own God to look forward to, to look to for wisdom, for um, faith, for strength. And when we see these things that are happening in the world, we have to recognize them that this is the work of the devil. This is the work of Satan. Um, all these terrible things that happen, they're not, they're not God's work. They're what God allows Satan to do. And that's, yeah, it's a terrible thing. But when you transform your life into a godly life and others see that and they see how good it is, then you are to spread that faith and spread that belief so that it transforms others, right? And like, like a disease gets spread it should we should spread our faith and our and our and our image of God onto others so that eventually we're sharing the gospel to the world and we're seeing the change that it makes and we're transforming those evil people into good people. As I was an evil person transformed into a good person. Does that help make sense of how good and evil kind of battle each other? Um, and then we know, well, some of us know that God wins the war, right? It's already been written. God wins the war. That is where 
our hope lies is that ooh, he's doing all the fighting for us like I said, this is a really hard one to talk because because of my own nature of being a rebel a rebel in and throughout most of my life and so like naturally i said earlier like yeah i want to fight evil i want to fight it but how do you fight it how do you fight evil in a way where you're not taking up arms against evil but you're taking your your god with you and your spiritual power to share with the world to just transform them spiritually because you do not well you can't fight fire with fire so you have to bring god into their lives and that's hard because as i rebelled against god they are going to rebel against god but the more and more they see what god does it plants those little mustard seeds those little mustard seeds that grow into just an infestation of yellow fields i don't know if you've ever seen a mustard field but down in the Snohomish Valley, there's a mustard field down there that grows. I think it's in the spring, in the summer. But during the winters, it looks like just a dead field. Just like any other field that you would see in, in the fall and the winter. But when that field grows, it is just a glowing yellow field. And it's pretty amazing to see. That gives you, it gives me a pretty good perspective of how God's work gets spread. And I think that's just a, an amazing thing to see. When we see people transform, we're just, our hearts are just swollen. When I see people get baptized at church, my heart just swells up and I feel so good because that's one more person, one more person that's going to spread the word of God, one more person that's being transformed under God's sovereign grace and, and that's just a beautiful thing in James 1.15 it says then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and when sin it is fully grown brings forth death Satan has no power over God but has been manipulating the world since the great fall he knows the Bible better than anybody he knows the Bible better than you or me maybe even your pastor at church probably better than the Pope he knows it better he knows how to twist its meaning and a way to persuade man to fail and God allows us. Why? Well, I think one reason is our free will is to be tested in this world, right? I mean, if if there was if there was no choice for us, then we we would not go to God on our own. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want robots. God wants men and women who have freely given up their flesh in order to serve God. Otherwise, God might have well just made us ants. 
you know, he might as well have just called it good when he made bees and, you know, because that's all we would amount to if we didn't have free will. I also heard people say that God will never give you more than you can handle. Oh, uh, if this is true, then we wouldn't really need to pray or we wouldn't need God or we wouldn't need Christ to die on the cross for our salvation. So our free will must be tested, either to bring us back to God or to break us down until we realize we need God. Satan taxes don't start with lies. Satan puts question marks. And I like this statement that was Pastor J.D. Greer says. He says, Satan ta Satan's tactics don't start with lies. Satan puts question marks where God puts periods. This is why it's so important to be in God's word. So when Satan attacks, we can recognize lies and manipulation. We have experienced centuries of manipulations in the form of Satan and his plan to destroy man. And this is why we are in such a confused world today. <coughs> you know, uh, how do you recognize when somebody's attacking you with, with evil if you don't know the Bible, if you don't know, if you don't know scripture, if you don't know what God commands you to do, you're just, you're just going to follow the, whoever tells you what to do. And in a way, yeah, we have to follow the people in power. But when, when other people persuade you to do things that are unbiblical, how do you going to know that they're unbiblical unless you put yourself in the word? And this is like our, our, our best weapon against evil is the word of God. Because when the devil comes knocking and he's trying to manipulate you and you don't know and recognize it, then you're going to fall into his trap. I was thinking back to when the pandemic started and I remember all the conspiracies I imagined and there were a ton but as I started seeing people I knew get sick and I had friends that had family members die, but just recently a coworker that I worked with, um, well, I, we worked on a different floor, but we saw each other every day. He was one of our engineers and, uh, you know, he was a healthy person. Um, probably, I think he was like in his late forties and yeah, he, he died like um, about three weeks, three weeks ago. And that really was pretty sad because, you know, his family probably misses him a lot. And I mean, I don't know if he was vaccinated. I don't know if he, um, I don't know what his health was like. Uh, he, he seemed pretty healthy to me. Um, you know, he wasn't overweight. He wasn't, you know, he didn't seem to have any health issues. But then again, I don't know. But nonetheless, I see these things happening. And, you know, all those conspiracies and all those things I have to put aside. And I have to say, well, this is not the time to fight this politically. But to lean more into God and not give the parties that really don't understand fully how to deal with this virus any more ammo to keep mandating more and more, you know. Um, and this 
falls under the law of the land believe it or not even though this seems un unpatriotic it may seem like and yeah it, it does violate amendments of our law but it, it's kind of an emergent thing because whether or not there's a conspiracy behind COVID-19 it's still a real virus it's still really killing people it's still really making people sick you know, I have friends that have businesses that constantly run the risk of getting shut down time after time and jobs that are being threatened if you don't get vaccinated. I see the patriotism all the patriotism in all of this and, and in my in my flesh I want to say congratulations to those people that are are deciding to stand up and not get vaccinated because they're standing up for their freedom. But at what point Will they start seeing that as when if they get sick or if they get other sick or if you know what I mean? Did not I mean? Uh, yes, we don't know if the vaccination is really working or not. But I mean, being where I work, I've probably contacted COVID probably fifty times, so I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> my body has antibodies in them and I did get vaccinated and my vaccination decision wasn't because of any real scare that I had but it was just I was getting really tired of having to wear the mask at work and I know I'm healthy I know that I had been vaccinated for things before when I was a kid um, and I survived, right? I'm 46 years old. I'm still healthy. I've been vaccinated. I'm still healthy. Um, but there are risks, right? And well, let's get back to what I'm talking about here about seeing the patriotism and all this, because I do recognize that, but I also recognize that it also defies the law of the land. Even if it's a temporary law, it's still what we were called to do. So, how does it conflict, or does it conflict with God's laws? You could easily make arguments that this vaccine is the mark of the beast. If you didn't know that the Bible clearly stated what the mark of the beast will be, then I could see how somebody could say this is the mark of the beast, but it's not. I go and read, I think it's in Revelations, it clearly describes what the mark of the beast will be. And you could also make the argument, my body is a temple. Yeah, my body was a temple too. But is getting the vaccine the only thing you've done in your life that, to desecrate your body? I mean, have you never had a tattoo, never done drugs, never drank too much, never ate yourself to being obese? You know, we probably do more things on a little scale than we think about that desecrates our body as a temple. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Sexual immorality. Um, you know, the list goes on. Um, I don't think any of us are really void from violating that law. And, and you too probably remember when you were vaccinated 
to go to school. You had to get vaccinated. And have you ever had a flu shot? I've had a flu shot. I hardly ever get sick, but I did get a flu shot a couple years ago. And, you know, I'm, I survived that. And I'm not going to argue there's people who do experience very terrible side effects. And I agree, more research should be done. But the kind of way I look at it is that if God wants me dead from a vaccine, then I'll be dead from that. My body will be dead from a vaccine. But I also believe that if this pandemic didn't fall on the presidential election, you know, right at the heels of the presidential election, and it wasn't so politicized by governors and presidents, and was only handled by the departments that were qualified to deal with such emergencies, we would see this in a different lens. But there's always a handful of people that can't let a good crisis go to waste. The truth is, yeah, it's a real disease. How it got here, we may never know the full. But why is it being politicized? Who cares? Don't focus on what they want to distract you with. If you're asked to wear a mask, wear a mask, you know? It's not gonna kill you. It's not suppressing your freedom of speech. I mean, I wear a mask to walk into a business and I feel fine about it. Like I said, why give them ammo? If they wanna make it worse for us to function. <coughs> Sorry, I'm running a little bit of a sore throat today. I've been kind of scratchy for the last couple of days. It's probably COVID, but hey, I'm still well enough to do this. I'm not going to tell you you should get vaccinated. That's your own personal choice. And when it comes to them threatening your job, threatening your livelihood, threatening all the things that they may hold over your head for it, don't mistake it as being the mark of the beast because it's not. It's, it may be a stepping stone to see how far they can get to that. I, I would not argue that a bit because you see the transition the world is going into and you look at the signs of it and you're like, wow, this is really, this is really similar, but it don't, but I, I really don't believe that it is. Is it a test to see how far they can control people? Probably. And then to what end do we follow it? We'll find out. When they start telling us we can't go to church, we can't worship God, we cannot uh, gather in the worship of God, we cannot read our Bible. We can, those are the things that we need to pay attention to. All this other stuff is just small razor cuts to see what they can get away with, right? And, you know, if you're a healthy individual who survived prior vaccination, then you're going to probably be fine. When I got it, it was just like getting a flu shot. I had low energy for a day and then I was fine, you know. There's always going to be the risk in other people and that's what you need to pay attention to. <clears throat> you know, if God calls you back home, who knows how he's going to choose to do it. You could walk out of your door and trip to your death. You know, maybe your kid left a 
skateboard on the deck or you know <laughs> there's so many different ways this could go down and God chooses you when he chooses you and how he chooses it is totally up to him you know just remember my brothers and sisters that we are being watched by other believers and non-believers and our actions can be heavily criticized on both ends so when we choose not to follow the law of the land we choose to act against God and just because someone doesn't believe in Christ doesn't mean they don't know the Bible and for those who do believe we should be good examples to prevent others from turning to God it's our duty you know I didn't want to like bring COVID into this discussion in a way that was um, the arguing point for following the law of the land but I wanted to use an example for what's going on today and how we can use it because it's such a has such a huge impact on us right now but how we can use the bible to help overcome what covid is doing to our world and to our livelihood and how it's changing our frame of mind and how we're finding ways to work around it so that we don't have to follow the laws which we shouldn't be we should be turning to our bibles we should be praying for others we should be united in this versus letting it divide us in these small little beliefs that we're making up in our head um i was at church the other day and i saw my pastor was still wearing a mask before he does his sermon he has his mask while he's while he's worshiping while he's he's waiting to do his sermon and i believe that he is being a good example of the law of the land and I felt really convicted by it. You know, my wife pointed it out, and when she told that to me, I was like, wow, you know, that's... He doesn't have to. But he's doing it because... Our governors is asking us to. You know? So... It doesn't change his faith. It doesn't change anything about how the Bible works. And our God has always been the same God from the very beginning, and he'll be the same God to the very end. And the Bible will never change its words. So this is why we need to take the Bible seriously and use its knowledge as the weapon against evil because we're not to oppose our laws. We're just simply supposed to follow our Bible. I hope, I hope that this helps because... I was having a really hard time with it and this is the best I could do to try to, to try to make sense of it you know it's it's hard to make sense out of this world now 20 years ago and now we're, we're a totally different animal so just remember that we have a good God our God is going to go before us he's never going to leave us and he's always going to love us so with that thank you everybody for listening and those who are struggling with this just remember man you're not alone talk about it 
you know it doesn't hurt to talk about it just don't go to social media and rely on that magical meme to solve your questions or to solve your problems go to the bible avoid political discussions have a great week everybody thanks for listening